0: This is On the Block with Strick and Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93.7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bacoban. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Welcome back, welcome back. You're on the block with Stricken Bach, E Strick, Jake Bachavin. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can find us there, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, all of the streaming platforms. We appreciate you as our listeners for joining us. And you can also text us at the Hammond text line on 402-464-5685, as well as every now and then joining us on the block and having a little bit of block party conversations and uh, we just love to, to, to hear your thoughts and entertain your thoughts and to talk about your thoughts and to wave off your thoughts because sometimes your thoughts are maybe in left field and maybe ours is <laughs> in left field and you correct ours as well. But it was an interesting weekend this weekend and where you had seven, not one, not two, seven game sevens, not just in basketball, but also there was uh, five in hockey, which is crazy five hockey game sevens, as well as two NBA game sevens, one in the East and one in the West. Um, It was interesting because you would have thought it would have been pretty tight. You know, those series where in the Dallas situation, you didn't think that the Mavs would be able to pull this one out because in that series, each of the home teams have won their home games. And three of those games, uh, three out of the, out of the uh, seven, I'm sorry, four out of the seven were blowouts. So it wasn't like it it seemed that it was going to be close. Matter of fact, Jason Kidd made a statement where he said uh, he had to tell his team, he basically, or even the pundits and the the news writers, he says, a lot of people said that it would be a blowout. Mavs Jason Kidd said with a grin, they were right. (laughs) (laughs) The difference was it was the Mavs having the blowout. I also found that was interesting in this particular series was that Dirk Nowitzki was at the game sitting on the sidelines and the Mavs have not won a series of this magnitude going back to 2011 where Dirk Nowitzki, who is now the general manager of the Dallas Mavericks and coach Jason Kidd was also on that team. And so I thought that in this box, I I really did. I, I thought that when I saw that, I thought it was like, a deja vu moment or uh, in the matrix moment, because although it wasn't Dirk, it was very reminiscent of a Dirk type of performance in 2011, where he laid the gauntlet down and everything in the West to include taking out the juggernaut Miami heat of the time with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and um, Chris Bosch who were, Running through the Eastern Conference, running through everybody in the conference, and they took them out. And I thought that was uh, something uh, to speak of because everybody thought that it was going to be Golden State Phoenix. Everybody thought that Phoenix was going to make a run to get back into the the finals. And they came up with a big donut, a goose egg in this particular game, down by 50-piece chicken wing. And I'm talking about a chicken wing where all of us at the ticket could eat. I mean, we, we would have laid the whole box down and we could all they was down a 50 piece throughout that game. It ended up losing by, I think, 33. So anyway, Bach, we'll start there on this series because I know you want to get to your Boston Celtics. Wait, you know, listen, my Boston Celtics too. I, I was quite torn throughout these series because, you know, listen, I told you on the block, I said, I am a fan And I'm a supporter of those who I had the greatest experiences of. And that happened to be Boston. So people were telling me, Strick, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I said, listen, I think I actually think Boston's going to pull this out because I know what it's like to play in the jungle in a game seven or a crucial game and what what that crowd is like. And obviously they were that. So before we get to that series, let's talk a little bit about this Dallas series in which it never was close, and they were never in. They never got a sniff. They were down ten in the first quarter, twenty-seven, seventeen. So, what's your thoughts on that 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 particular game or how it went?
1: Yeah, it was was it fifty-seven to twenty-seven at halftime? I mean, this thing was yeah. ugly. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, Luca himself had twenty-seven. So, I mean, you're seeing the rise of Luca, which I think was expected. Maybe not at this point. I thought, like, going into this playoffs even. Is this, like, is Luka going to get frustrated that you don't give him a second star if you're the Mavericks eventually? They put uh, together uh, uh, somewhat of a good roster as far as depth around him, but they don't have a second star. Remember, uh, they traded Kristaps Przingis away. I mean, that's, a, and, and people may like shoo-shoo mm-hmm. that name because he hasn't lived up to the pressure or hype or whatever, but he averages 20 points per game. That's a big loss. Uh, and, of course, they got Spencer Dinwiddie for him, who's been on and off in the series, really came on yesterday as part of the of the, of the bearing of the of the Suns. Surprisingly, only three Mavericks players, remember, they won 123-90, to 90, only three Mavericks players scored more than mm-hmm. six points this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. was uh, Doncic, Dinwiddie, uh, and Jalen Brunson, uh, who have been carrying much of the load, but um, it was it, it, it was just amazing to see Luka kind of kind of grow up to a degree in front of our eyes over not just this year but you know in the in the Olympics with Slovenia how tough they were to get it an out and he's you know he's the one guy and, and their offense is so based around him just being a playmaker and if it doesn't turn out, then they just kind of go to Jalen Brunson late or, you know, if they have Dinwiddie on there. So it's a very – seems like a very ISO-type offense uh, where they just ask their their playmakers to create. And uh, it's been, been fun watching. Like you said, the Mavericks haven't had a whole lot of success since 2011. And uh, just, you know, with their ownership being Mark Cuban and, and you know, just kind of the battle they went, how that team um, – was not expected to win that title. I think the Mavericks are an easy team to root for. And in my goodness they. And they took care of business yesterday. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. And now today, all the talk is about Patrick Beverly uh, getting on ESPN and chirping about CP3. And I did want to ask you about that. As, he, as he's saying CP3, no longer a defender. Everybody in the NBA knows it. Um, is that something at his age that you would agree with? Uh, he's been uh, in all... You know, an all NBA first-team defender, plenty of times. He's led the league in steals like five times. Uh, all of this pretty difficult for a six-foot guy in the league. So he's been a good defender in the past. But is that the first thing that kind of goes? You know, similar to a defensive back. Once you lose that speed, you got to play safety. You're going to get kicked out of the league. Uh, in the NBA, is is as you get older, is that the first thing that goes? Is your defense? I
0: I, I would say in my time it, it wasn't necessarily a case because being a being physical and also having acumen understanding sets understanding what they're trying to do you can you can kind of get away with some of that right knowing how to pick your your poisons and 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 knowing what they're trying to do will ela- will enable you to rest in certain situations so that you have what you need the time that you needed in order to defend right the the problems come when you're having to fend guys like Rip Hamilton for me, or uh or Reggie Miller, or um, you know, guys that were just consistent in their movement, Allen Iverson, where you knew he was gonna get, you know, fifteen different screens in one set, you know. Yeah. Um those those is when it gets difficult. But in an ISO situation, a lot of switch to ISO, nah, nah. That's it. It it wasn't that. And so that's what I found that was very interesting because Luka Doncic and and the crew was very calm. I think what I found interesting as well is there have been a lot of inconsistency. So that's where I can understand where this team didn't know if they could not not say them internally. I'm saying where outsiders were looking at it how well Booker was playing, how well the team was playing, knowing that CP3 was up and down, but knowing that Mikhail Bridges and some of the others and Aiden, where there was a disadvantage, would probably be able to get it done at home in the Valley. But what you found was at times in the inconsistencies, the Reggie Bullocks and one game is Dorian Finney-Smith and the next game it's, you know, maybe Max Kleber. And what you didn't expect, because Dinwiddie had been pretty consistently down, you probably didn't expect it from that manner, especially a low assist type of team where it was gonna come out of ISOs. And it was like Dinwiddie got into his bag and he was giving him that work and he was doing whatever he wanted and he was just real comfortable and and just in the zone. And and there's nothing you can do about it. And you culminate that with Jalen Brunson, who also has had some up and down parts in the series, getting the second most rebounds on the team at his size, so you can tell they were gritty, they were hungry, they were active, they were getting after it defensively. Their help, their swarm, their 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 uh, uh, just shrinkage of the floor was just tremendous. So those DHOs, those dribble handoffs that you know Phoenix likes to get into, they were ineffective because of the way that they uh, Jason Kidd and the crew uh, prepared them for this uh, this game. So I thought that was very interesting. I think some of the things that really threw me for the loop uh, when I really look at it is just how, well, let me just say, I understand how this happens when a team like that on the road and the pressure is not necessarily on, on the, uh, the team coming in, which is the Dallas Mavericks, the pressure is on the home team because one, no one expects this one, two, you probably shouldn't have been in game seven. And then three, they jump out on you where Luca hits his first three shots, two threes, and now they're, you know, they're out and running on you. You don't expect it, but then all of a sudden, those shots start to become pressure. Now you start kind of forcing. Now you don't just have that same just real smooth and pulls. You're you're really pressing because you're trying to get back into the game. And then all of a sudden you're missing, they're hitting, and you push the lead. Once it got to a certain point, I just knew there wasn't enough time. I knew Dallas is very disciplined in the way and the style that they're playing, and their ISO game was going to get them a good shot every time, which happened, and which enabled them to go ahead and push that lead out, get their guys rest also. Because you look at it, Jalen Brunson only played 30 minutes. Luca uh, well, 29 minutes and 38 seconds. Luca only 30. And most everybody else got in and got it done. Denwitty and what he did. 30 and 25. So that's what it was for me, man. It was, it was uh, it, 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 it was disappointing. Um, and I will say that Dinwiddie was big. This was, this was like big. If he can, if he can have this type of series uh, the Mavericks can be dangerous. I just don't think defensively uh, they have what it, what is needed because they have players on the, uh, a Golden State team that are very capable of handing them. They're going to have to take care of mismatches. They're going to have to put uh, Steph Curry on work, and and, and they're going to try to keep it. Golden State's going to try to keep it from happening. But they got to try to get him on Luka, and they got to try to you know, uh, get these mismatches and let it work for them, spread the court out and take advantage of uh, picking rolls with some Lob City-type action in order to get Draymond Green active and keep him from being effective as well on the defense. But that's, that's the way I look at it. It's sad because here's what I say, too, and I'll, I'll finish up that part. Then we'll get to Boston. Pressure bust pipes, right? Yeah. Because after this setback, um, what we found is they don't know in Phoenix how many more opportunities are going to be available to him. They're going to probably, you know, Chris Paul is on his his way down. And with Booker finishing with only 11 points on three of 14, Paul only 10 points and only four assists. And as a whole, the Suns shooting only 38%. That that's not going to get it done in a game seven. So what are they going to do? Is what's going to be the next thing to think about? Yeah, it
1: is fascinating. They got some decisions to make. I think Deandre Ayton's a restricted free agent. They got a decision to make. I believe on Mikel Bridges' um, rookie contract coming up. So yeah, a, a few different things. It's a small window, and I've I've been saying this too about the Celtics, and I'm glad that they came through. And I'll continue to hope they get that championship. Is that this is the going to be now with the with the, both the Suns? Well, the Suns didn't really play into, I suppose, but the the Suns were obviously close last year, um, but uh, more specifically with the Bucks losing, this will be the fifth straight different NBA champion um, for the first time since 1975 to 1979. So you know a lot of time in the NBA we see dynasties run the sport. Hasn't been the case so much over the past several years. So if you've been a contender throughout all those years, you hope that you can strike before the next dynasty comes about. And, of course, if you do strike, maybe you are the next dynasty. And a lot of people are thinking that maybe that was the case with the Bucks, But, uh, obviously, without Chris Middleton, they didn't quite live yeah. up to it and all. But still, I mean, I think that's open, especially for a young team like Boston.
0: Absolutely. and And so as we transition over there, right, I mean – A lot of people had uh, just a lot of doubt with regards to the Celtics and how they were going to get it done, especially after a game five loss that put Milwaukee up three to two. Um, But, you know, coach Ime Udoka, Udoka, you know, he said he made a prediction and he predicted that it'll make it sweeter when we bounce back. And so you're able to have these real heart to heart discussions with your leaders, with your Jalen Browns, with your, uh, uh, Jason Tatum's, and you're really able to break it down as to what is this can mean for their legacy, what it can mean for the organization, what could happen after this if they fall short. And so uh, two wins later, his prophecy became a reality. Because what you saw in that, that series is what makes the Celtics dangerous. They can do it from a lot of different positions, a lot of different places. I mean, it can come it, it, this time it came from Grant Williams, who scored not not just scored, but he scored a career high, hitting seven threes in a game. He scored more than Jason Tatum in a game seven. Yeah, He got some good looks that, on it. <laughs> a, but, but that's what I'm saying. Everybody gets good looks, but in a game seven, that's the difference, I think, of why playing in Boston is such a phenomenal thing and why I enjoyed it so much. Because you really can relax and get just into – the whole atmosphere and how it's flowing. And as long as you can react and not let it overwhelm you, you can have a Grant Williams type of uh, game uh, there in Boston, especially being the home team. Uh, You saw them defensively get after it. It didn't just happen with just Grant Williams. I mean, you saw guys hit big shots, timely shots, um, all throughout that game. Um, One of the things also you saw is the opposite side, is you saw the press pressure Coming from the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Giannis had great looks that he would normally hit finger rolls at the rim shots a little, you know, little, little, you know, uh, floaters in the middle jump hooks in the middle. I mean, he missed I would say I would venture to say seven to eight shots that he normally makes. And I think that's just attributed not only to pressure, but it's also attributed to, to being tired and weary. When you take away Middleton, who a lot of the times in some of those clutch situations or in some of those situations, he's handling the ball a lot, right, which takes that off. He's running, picking rolls where now Giannis has to do a lot of that. That wears you out, taking that those bumps, taking those sh- sh- shucks, um, having to dribble full court all the time, not just dribble, but also with guys, different guys putting bodies on you. Williams, a couple times they even had um, – Marcus Smart on him, they were throwing all kinds of bodies at him, and that wears you out. And so, because you've got to play each one differently, you can't play Marcus Smart the same way you would play, or, or you would offensively attack Grant Williams. So you're always constantly not only thinking, but you're also uh, have that pressure of having to perform. Looking everybody saying you need fifty, you're pressing for fifty, and yeah. you don't get it. So that's that's kind of where that came from because they missed a lot of good shots. Um, all of them did not just saying one of them, they all missed really good shots. And, uh, ultimately the Celtics did what they had to do at home.
1: Yeah. It's just a, a fascinating series. And, in Giannis, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's the best player in the world. A lot of people would say so right now, certainly not the most complete. I think sometimes we get that confused. You can kind of remember when Shaq was dominant, it wasn't the most complete uh, ball player in the world. He was the best at one point in time. Um, but it's just fascinating to even watch a ref, uh, You know, ref the game that Giannis is doing because there's so much uh, physicality and and guys getting bumped and hit with elbows here and there. And when do you call it? And where do you call it? And we saw Jason Tatum get in foul trouble. Um, There was a a, you know a a spot they replayed and took a foul away from Giannis. And obviously, if Giannis got in any foul trouble, they'd be in trouble. So um, that was kind of a a fun part of the series altogether. But really, um, just excited for Boston. Like you said, uh, they've got enough players. Grant Williams probably making his name known now. If you don't know him. He's very versatile defender. Um, and, and one of P.J. The, Tucker type Yeah, yeah. Right? Is, yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you think of him undersized, but an absolute brick. So he can guard bigs. Uh, and uh, 27 points, like you said, 18 three-pointers. I think about 14 of them were wide open because Mike Budenholzer's strategy is you can't outshoot me uh, on a, in a seven-game series. And, and Boston did, and that's why I was fearful because I thought that they gave away two games in the series that they were the better team, and it might be hard to overcome that. Um, but they certainly didn't and I'm just proud to watch this team this is a team that um, built by Danny Ainge and it's kind of funny how hindsight you know they have one bad year Brad Stevens does Jalen Brown gets hurt and then you know some people paint Danny Ainge is not working all these guys he drafted outside of Horford who he mm-hmm. who he brought you know, you know brought, in there, in, right? brought in to begin mm-hmm. with um, so mm-hmm. uh, you know just absolutely shout out to Danny Ainge who's now working for the Jazz for what it's worth but he was in the building yesterday as the Jazz are, are outside out of the playoffs uh and brad stevens who are making his roles is kind of brought these role players um back in and it makes boston really a complete team and i can't wait to see what they have against the heat again on their revenge tour last three teams to knock them out in the playoffs the last three years have been the nets the bucks and the heat well they got the nets and the bucks out of there now they got the heat on
0: their on their watch here the number one seed. yeah and and listen just just tremendous work and What's what's proud is that you see their growth. You saw you saw their poise. You saw their execution. You saw their calmness in 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 even because NBA is a game of runs. You're going to have runs that are going to happen. They're going to run at you. I mean, you had Brooke Lopez that was playing out of his mind earlier in the game. So there were some unexpected things there. Um, but where they just where they came up short is they didn't have guys like Connaughton and, and Grayson Allen who were able to hit shots and Bobby Portis. I mean, but but you, you look at it for the most part, other than those miss, missed opportunities, really Giannis could have had a, a 40, 50-point night if he makes those shots that he normally makes. 25, 20, and nine, he needs help. And Drew yeah. Holiday was just kind of wobbly, and, and they just really didn't have it all together. And that, hey, listen, that's what the jungle can do to you. If you get down in the jungle, man, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, we actually came back from 26 points down against – um, you know, the, 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 the championship runner up the nets we can, in the jungle came from 26 points down because that just, we always knew we were in the game. And, and so it, it happens the opposite way as well, is that it can really put a strain on a team that's trying to, to uh, get a victory in there in, in a crucial game. Cause they're really rowdy and lock raucous and it's a great atmosphere to play in. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for them as well, because those are the two teams that I support. You see, I, I'm, I was Mavs and Celts. That's who I was rolling with. We got to take a break right now on the block. We'll have Seth Sabalas that will join us when we come back to uh, tap in on some of this because here's an interesting thing. Seth played for Dallas with me as well, and he played in Phoenix. So he'll be able to give a wonderful take on kind of what his thoughts were as he is still a Phoenix native. Come back right here after the block. Join us. Seth Sabalas will be coming with us soon after this. We'll be right back.